2: What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 171. With me, as always, is Brandon Ligotten of nation.com I'm Jimmy Kemski from Philly Voice. Not a lot to talk about this week. Uh, a few weeks removed now from the Carson Wentz trade. But Brandon, how you doing, buddy?
1: Jimmy, uh, good to see you. For the listeners who can't see this, which is everyone, because we're not uh, streaming it, Nice uh, 76ers hat you got there, Jimmy. Oh, I like you're it.
2: Blowing up my you're blowing up my spot. Now you're making me look <laughs> like, uh, like a biased journalist now. Well, oh, no, I you mean, you can the like Sixers. the Sixers. <laughs> yeah, you don't cover the Sixers. It's fine. Well, if I ever do cover the Sixers, is it going to get thrown back in my face? Uh, well, I mean, that didn't stop you from covering <laughs> the Eagles. Very true. Very true. Um, so we got uh, not a lot to get to, but news-wise – uh well first of all do we have uh, a word from our sponsor
1: well first of all Jimmy, we have a ton to get to don't tell the listeners we have nothing to get to then they're just going to tune out we have so many things to get to but before we get to all those very, all those very important things um righteous felon craft jerky obviously everyone's been checking it out dan clausner you know who's been on this podcast was telling me uh a lot of people are supporting it you had rich bobby loyal listener the other day, like, tweeting out this picture of a package he got from Righteous Fallen Craft Jerky that he ordered. So people are loving it. You can get in on it by going to com using discount code BGN15 at checkout.
2: All right. Uh, speaking of BGs, uh, Brandon Graham is reportedly uh, working on a restructure of his deal per Derek Gunn. I wonder where uh, Derek got that scoop. Um course, he worked with Brandon Graham uh, for years and years on TV, Uh, but Brandon Graham uh, sort of as, quote unquote, or hashtag uh, as expected is, uh, you know, one of the players that the Eagles, the Eagles are going to have to restructure a number of players just to get under the cap, and in my view, BG always made a lot of sense uh, in the fact that he's still a good player. Um, He actually, the first half of the year last year, he was awesome. Kind of uh, sputtered out a little bit down the down the stretch. Season was already over at that point, so who cares? Uh, but uh, he's still a good player. He can still get after the passer. He can. He's still a very, very good run defender. Um, but he is, I think, as important as anything, he's just such a great locker room guy. Just such a great guy in general. Always works his ass off. Like, just the, the, the exact personality that you want uh, from a player... Or from a veteran player, um, when you're transitioning from one coaching staff to another, he's a guy that's going to be a positive influence on the locker room. Just always, like, ton of energy at all times, like around the locker room, and just sort of a guy that uh, sort of the younger players can can learn from and emulate uh, as they go from this super old roster uh, to what we anticipate anyway, uh, moving in the direction of getting a lot younger.
1: I mean, the way I'd put it, and I think the way you put it before, is like Brandon Graham is one of the least painful players to restructure, yes. or even flat out extend. if they wanted You to wouldn't like want to have to more.
2: do this. Like, if you didn't have to do this, you wouldn't do it, but they have yes. to, so this is the guy that
1: makes sense to do it with. So, the Eagles couldn't move on from him financially this offseason anyway, because they would only save, they'd save less than a million, um, and they would take on 17.2 million in dead money by either trading or cutting Brandon Graham now obviously you know if you did it after June 1st a little more possible but yeah I would just keep him around and according to over the cap Jimmy uh looking at their restructure option it says the Eagles can save up to like 8.9 million by reworking his contract so uh, easy decision to me I love Brandon Graham I think he's going to age well, too, just in terms of he wasn't even a full-time starter for his, what, like first five seasons mm-hmm. or so? Right. So, yes, yeah. Sna-
2: snap counts were low for sure.
1: Snap, yeah, snap counts are lower than a typical player of his age. And also, I just think his game, I've said this for a while, I think his game lends well to aging because he's not a speed rusher. He's not like relying on pure athleticism to win. He's relying on power. And I always compare it to like James Harrison, who even in the Super Bowl was like giving Big V problems, not because he was like, you know, like just so quick and Big V couldn't handle him because he was, he's like a a grown man. Like he's a super strong dude. And I think Brandon Graham's that kind of player too. He's one of those age or uh, those pass rushers that will age well. So glad to see you sticking around. Um, Always want BLG to be here. He's an all time eagle. Like he really is to me. Like if I'm, if I'm going like Mount Rushmore of Eagles, even or uh like he's just one of them of all time. He came up with the biggest play in Eagles history. The personality, great family man. Like he checks every box.
2: Yeah, he's not like a, I don't know, like a Dwight Freeney for example, where like once that speed goes, then yeah, you know, like he's gonna fall off. A, he's gonna you know kind of fall off drastically. And not like what were his numbers again? I'm just going to look those up real quick because I think they're worth uh, noting. Like the, when I, I just mentioned a minute ago, like the numbers that he had in the first, okay, first half of the year, first eight games, he had um, seven sacks, 21 tackles, nine for loss, seven sacks, two forced fumbles, and 11 quarterback hits. All in a, like he was like, you know, it wasn't like that big a stretch to have him like at least sort of maybe maybe like. Not totally in the conversation for a defensive player in the year, but he wasn't that far off. And then uh last eight games, uh, he fell off pretty dramatically. Only had one sack, no forced fumbles, and he only had five quarterback hits. Again, they didn't have much to play for in a lot of those games uh down the stretch, or at least I guess they still had stuff to play for because they were played in that horrible division. But I you know the vibe around the team was you know certainly not the same competitive uh atmosphere that it was the last 3 or 4 years. So, uh anyway, good to have BG back. The other news, uh the other hard news this week was that the Eagles tendered a trio of exclusive rights free agents. And when when you have three exclusive rights free agents who are like among your better producing players on the team, that's not good. <laughs> like the three guys are uh linebacker Alex Singleton, uh who had a who, you know, I think he I think like, it was a big-time upgrade uh, over Nate Gary when he took over his spot as sort of the three-down linebacker. Uh, Boston Scott, of course, who get had an okay season, I guess. And Greg Ward, a guy who you and I both uh, sort of—I think we both sort of have the same feeling on him in that he's a great story and he's going to catch everything that hits—not everything, but he's going he's gonna to catch um, most of the passes that he should catch but is totally non-threatening to opposing defenses because— He's not much of a threat um, to beat you deep down the field, nor is he a big threat to get yards after the catch uh, once he gets the ball in his hands. But anyway, uh, the three pretty no-brainer decision that this is excuse me decisions there by the Eagles. Uh, if you're an exclusive rights free agent, it means that you cannot negotiate with other teams, and your team can essentially keep you on a one-year deal for like basically like pretty close to the league minimum. It's like it's all three guys will make under a million dollars this year. Uh, assuming they all earn a, a, an accrued season in 2020, then they'll be, rest- excuse me, 2021, they'll be restricted free agents in 2022. Um, I would say the only one of those three guys that I think has a chance of actually being tendered as a restricted free agent next year would be Singleton.
1: To me, we've come into the point where the Eagles offseason where there's like just nothing happened. We're talking about exclusive rights <laughs> for free agents. Right. Which I is mean, always silly. There
2: are three guys that are gonna contribute next year.
1: Sadly, yeah. But yeah. I mean and not ideally, you know, in a perfect world, but Yeah, this whole the exclusive rights free agent thing is silly. It's just like, like you said, it's not even like a real thing. Like the only option—they're not even
2: free agents at all, really.
1: Yeah, the option for that player is to accept this deal or stop playing in the NFL. Like it's not even a real option. Like that's that's basically (laughs) what it is. Um, so it's really just paperwork that's being done. It's a formality. It's hashtag as expected, like you said with Brandon Graham. Um, Yeah. So I was looking at the, the the Eagles free agents, their real ones, which is basically <laughs> all of them except for Cam Johnston and then Josh Perkins, who will be restricted, but the Eagles won't tender them, pretty sure. So they're basically going to be unrestricted too. And uh, Jimmy, I, I was looking at the top free agent lists from like a bunch of different outlets, NFL.com, mm-hmm. 101 players, Pro Football Talk and 100 players, The Athletic, Chilkapadia, friend of the podcast, I would say, uh, 50 players. ESPN, fifty players, uh, and not a single Eagles player, Jimmy, on one yeah. of those lists. Probably not a good thing. Now, but for good reason. <laughs> yes. Now, three players did make PFF's top two hundred five free agents. Oh, where okay. Nickel Ruby Coleman somehow was at seventy eighth, which is just insane. <laughs> right. I saw you write that, like, you don't even think he's going to play in the NFL again.
2: He might not, yeah. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I believe that that's going to happen, but I think mm-hmm. it's possible that he never plays another down in, in, in a regular season game again.
1: In a regular season. Yeah, someone will sign him this offseason, yeah. but no guarantee he makes the roster. But Mills was at 181 on PFF's list, that's and then Dick low. Rod. I, I agree.
2: That's too low for Mills. Mills is a decent player. Like, come on. Let's stop with, like, all the Mills hate. He's been, a, like, a good eagle for the last four years. <laughs> like, Dick Rod. On.
1: Dick okay. at 205, so he just barely made the list out mm-hmm. of 205. And then I did see. Now, to be fair, I, I totally forgot to include this. CBS Sports had a list that I think Mills was like 80-something on there. So, if you want to go with that, then there you go. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a very undesirable list. And on the positive, Jimmy, the Eagles aren't going to lose any key players this offseason and free agency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even the, though they probably like to. The, well, yes, the negative is. They don't have any key players to lose. I mean, in <laughs> right. a perfect world, like, I've because I've seen some people in the comments on BGN, and maybe uh, I'm letting this color. This isn't the majority opinion, but I've seen some minority opinion out there. that are like, yeah, we have everyone locked up. That's why we're not losing. Like, we have all the key players locked up. That's why we're not losing anyone. And that's why the free agents are bad. Well, I'm like, in an ideal world, though, you would have a roster so full of talent that you wouldn't even be able to afford ref- uh, to sign everyone. And you would lose, like, it's a good thing to lose good players, assuming, you know, you're keeping the other good ones, too. And, like, getting comp picks for them down the road. Like, that would be the ideal scenario. But The Eagles are far from that. They have a bunch of undesirable players on their roster. And they don't, the other thing, Jimmy, my takeaway from looking at all those free agent lists wasn't only that there's no eagles on them it's that there's a lot of quality players out there there's a lot of like good players to be had out there a lot of players that could be useful on this eagles team and they can't get any of them because they have no cap space so it's just like a really depressing read to look at those yeah i just uh, uh we're
2: recording this on thursday but just this morning i published my uh you know three, three free agents who make sense for the eagles uh version 3.0 and one of the guys i had on there like i had like like I don't think there's much of a chance of them getting him because, like, they don't have any money. But Jayon Brown, <laughs> like, you know, any other year, he would sort of, like, be, like, in the afterthought free agent that the Eagles might be after. Like, he's, you know, uh, Shield had him. Shield and Greg Ro- Rosenthal of NFL.com both had him as their third off-ball linebacker. And they Shield had him, like, near the back of his list, like 40-something. Uh, Rosenthal Rosenthal had him, like, in the same area as well. And, like, that's a guy even that I was, like, uh, I'll put him on there because he makes a lot of sense, but they can't really afford him. <laughs> they, they can't really even afford like the, like a guy that's barely like a top 50 free agent. That's kind of where this, this team is right now, right now. And, and the reality is, is that um, they have to do a total tear down before they can, like they're, they're Jeffrey Lurie's, you know, the way they, he rephrased it was retool. Well, no, they got to tear it. They got to pretty much tear everything down before they can even rebuild, much less quote unquote retool. So it's going to be like a multi-year process getting this team back into a place where it can
1: reasonably contend again. I was looking at uh, a 32 for 32 ESPN plus list to me that had uh, like, you know, the best free agent fit for each team or whatever. And I mentioned this team before the show, but like Kenny Galladay was the Eagles one. And I'm like, what world are we living in? Like they yeah, can't oh afford to sign. He's going to be like <laughs> one of the best receivers on the market. They can't afford to sign they that might player. tag him. Yeah, right. I mean, it's one thing if you want to be like, well, if the Eagles did have money, this could be a guy that makes sense. Okay. But, (laughs) like, that's not the situation. Like, So it's – and, again, I don't even blame those list makers. Like, I'm not trying to crap on them. That's not my point. My point is, like, in most off seasons, every team pretty much, I think, has, like, the money to sign, like, at least one kind of splash guy maybe or, like, someone – but like the Eagles aren't, I, I, what I'm trying to say, I don't think people realize the Eagles are like in an unprecedented situation in terms of their roster being bad and also just having no cap space, like right. having no, no means of getting better, better. Other than the draft, which is why the draft should hold more excitement on the positive than ever this year, because it's like the only method for this team to really get better, not only this season, but in the future. But, but yeah, you can't just be like, well, the Eagles can sign this guy. No, they can't. They don't, they don't have them. I mean, they can, I guess, in theory, if they, if they really wanted to, they could restructure like everyone instead of just a couple guys and then clear up money. But you don't want to do that. Like, that's just putting yourself in an even worse position down the line.
2: I don't mean to defend the evils here when I say this because they have, you know, dug their own grave, but uh, COVID did certainly exacerbate the problem um, with, you know, uh, the revenues being down and the salary cap being, you know, uh, the floor will be $180 million. Like before COVID hit, the anticipation was that the cap was going to go up substantially from the 2020 cap number, which, uh, refresh my memory, what was it? Like it was closer what was the cap number this year it was around it was around 200 million something like that but it was going to go up from there so the anticipated number that teams had in mind is vastly different than what it could be and it could be as low as i mentioned as 180 million so you know the eagles like were definitely affected by that so that's part of the reason why it's unprecedented but you know there are teams that are in similar situations as the eagles like the saints like a lot of like the cap experts say that like they have never seen a situation where like the Saints are so far over the cap like it's crazy and they they've been cutting guys like every day and restructuring guys like every day to get under it. Um, of course, the difference between the Saints and the Eagles, are that the Saints, you know, they won what like eleven or two, what? They won eleven games or something like that. But they're in. They won a playoff game. Uh, and
1: well, still- they don't. They have a Hall of Fame quarterback that like they have to go yes. all in on like right now. It doesn't matter if they're going to be bad for the next couple of years. They had to. They had to go yes. all in on their yes. Hall of Fame quarterbacks last years.
2: Yeah, it made sense for them to, to you know go for it, like you mentioned, uh, the last few years. Um, they, had a, they knew they had a rebuild coming down the line anyway. But um, the other rumor this week that sort of emerged uh, in free agency was uh, Marcus Mariota, the, that the Eagles would have interest in him. Uh, was it Ben Standig? of uh, yes. the athletic uh he's a washington football team reporter uh actually he won just a quick ben standing fact for you he has twice won the uh mock draft uh competition each year among uh, beat writers across the league <laughs> in terms of like accuracy <laughs> yeah it's got there's a there's a site called the huddle report that uh tracks uh um you know football writers uh final mock draft of, of, you know, the day before the draft. Anyway, um, he's reporting that the Eagles would have interest in Marcus Mariota. Uh, there's no way in hell that the Eagles are going to trade for him because they can't take on his contract, which is, it's a salary of, uh, I think it was a little bit over $10 million. If they did cut him, then, you know, if they get him at a more reasonable deal or a multi-year deal where the cap number in 2021 is low and then it's stretched out, it's, it's bigger in, in future years, that's possible. There's been a little bit of buzz around uh, Jacoby Brissett, of course, and the connection there is obvious. He's the He was you know, Colts quarterback um, under Nick Sirianni in uh, Indianapolis. But my question to you is, like,
1: should the Eagles even bother <laughs> signing a
2: veteran quarterback this offseason?
1: No. Why? Why? I mean, like, they don't have the money for it, number one. And if you're clearing up the money for it, you're really putting it in a, a veteran quarterback who probably – like, what's there to be gained from Marcus Mariota, too, like, this is a guy who's 29 and 32 as a starter. He's a like, career passer rating, 89.5. People, like I think, go a little crazy over how he kind of looked like, okay, nice when he played for the Raiders last year. Um, and I get there's a connection, logically, in terms of – the Eagles have his offensive coordinator from his rookie season, and then his quarterback coach the next two years on their coaching staff. In uh, Jason Michael, who's now the Eagles' tight ends coach, so there's a you no, know, there's a there's a connection in terms of cohabitation matrix, as Harry Roseman likes to say. Um, so, like, it's sensical in terms of that sense to me, but in terms of it actually happening, but in terms of it should it happen? No, I I can't see how the Eagles really benefit from adding a pricey veteran I, I just I can't see it if you want to add a veteran like cheap and I think to Rod Taylor could kind of be that guy he might be a guy who's like more affordable and you want to bring in someone to compete quote-unquote with Jalen Hurts because you don't want to just hand the starting job to a rookie like I understand that mentality I don't think I think with Jalen Hurts you might not even need that because he's such a like competitive guy and is like wants to get better and is competing against himself and I don't think he's just going to like I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to sit on his laurels and be like, "All right, I'm the starter now. I don't have to work hard." Like I don't, I don't see that being him from everything we know about him. Uh, yeah, so I, I just don't see how adding a veteran makes a ton of sense. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. So we have previously mentioned that you know they,
2: they have signed you know quarterbacks that uh, that like a new a new head coach coming in like in this case Brissett and Sirianni have that background. Uh, Doug, Doug, Peterson was signed by Andy Reid when he got hired. Uh, Chip Kelly signed Dennis Dixon away from the Ravens, I guess, but he had played for him at Oregon. And of course, uh, when Doug Peterson got hired, they signed Chase Daniel, uh, who Doug coached in Kansas city. And like, I found this quote from Howie after they cut Chase Daniel after that. So he, the Eagles signed him in 2016. Uh, when they already had Sam Bradford, and then they went ahead and drafted Carson Wentz. And like they paid him $5 million that first year, and then when they cut him the following offseason, it was a $7 million dead money hit on their, on their cap in 2017. So he cost them $12 million in terms of cap uh, for just really one season. And how, when they cut him, Howie put a statement out on Twitter, which I'm just going to read real quick. It said, Chase's professionalism and, inter- and intelligence – were valuable assets to our quarterback room. His veteran leadership was incredibly helpful in Carson's development as a rookie, and his familiarity with Coach Peterson's offense was instrumental in installing our system last season. And then it goes on, like, after a healthy discussion with Chase, blah, 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 blah. But, like, the takeaway there is, like, they care about that a lot. <laughs> they, like, care about, like, having a quarterback. I, I guess the value of it is that the quarterback, the quarterbacks are always together, like, at all times. So, like, if a, if a Jalen Hurts or Uh, Jalen Hurts, plus if they draft a guy at sixth overall, like if if they just ever have a question, they can ask, you know, that veteran quarterback at any time, whatever questions they might have. And it might not be like a situation where they're afraid to ask like a a coach because they don't want to seem dumb or like, you know, behind or whatever. Um, But like, I kind of feel like you're, you're paying a quarterback to do the job of the coaching staff? <laughs> like, you know, I just I just can't wrap my head around uh, paying a high cost for that service. And that is what, you know, Mariota and Brissett are both going to have, like, decent markets. Because there aren't, yeah. like, it's not like last year where there was a ton of, you know, veteran quarterbacks available. Like Cam Newton signed for very little. Andy Dalton signed for very little. I don't think it's like going to be like that this year where these— veteran quarterbacks are actually going to have decent markets this year, unlike a year ago.
1: Yeah, I mean – Part of why Mariota came up in that athletic article from Standig was the Washington football team is interested in, him, or they said expressed interest in mm-hmm. trading for him. But then I guess like the, the Raiders wanted more. I think the Raiders are just going to have to cut Mariota potentially yes. because uh, they're over the cap right now. I think by around like seven point seven million, and they clear like eleven or fourteen something. Almost all but, of it, yeah. Almost all, yeah.
2: Is, is his total cap number, yeah.
1: And I think Mariota clearly wants out too. Not that he's, you know, deciding the fate, but he's, he's, his side is clearly like pushing, "Hey, we want out." So they're they're putting pressure on the team, and I think it just comes to the point where the Raiders cut him. And yeah, so at that point, I think Washington would make like a decent effort to sign him because they're not going to have to give up a draft pick. And then you have the Patriots out there, um, the Bears like need a quarter. Like, there's just teams that need these quarterbacks, and I think there's going to be a market for them, like Brissett, like. uh Mariota, I think Taylor might be able to be had on the cheap just because like Is anyone really signing Tyrod to be a starter still and then another name? I would throw out there Jimmy is Geno Smith because he actually worked with Shane Steichen Mm -hmm. on the Chargers for a season uh, Quarterback coach there so maybe because that's a guy who probably be really cheap is a veteran uh, Isn't a real threat like can compete quote-unquote, but there's no there's no what are the Eagles gaining by playing Mariota or Brissett or or Taylor or any like who? What are they gaining this season by playing those guys? Nothing to me. Like this season needs to be about finding out what Jalen Hurts is now. The only the only value again I see in signing a veteran is like guarding against Jalen Hurts showing up to training camp like 50 pounds overweight. And like totally thinking he's arrived and he doesn't like need to you know do anything and like but again I just don't see that coming. As you said, that's
2: not going to happen with that guy. Like yeah, he's got got like a strong mentality or like and work ethic and all that. That it's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, so I just I don't see it. Again, if they want to sign someone cheap, one year, like again, Gino Smith, fine, whatever. But they can't put you putting significant resources
2: into that. Do you think that it factors in at all? Like, if, like if they sign a veteran, do, do you think that factors in at all? Like what they do with the sixth pick? Like, does that change whether they draft a quarterback there or not?
1: I mean, it's going to be more interesting if they did make a big investment, right? Like if they really did give like Mariota or Brissett like significant money. I mean, I think at that point, like I'm starting to wonder.
2: I mean, the example I gave isn't exactly the same where they signed Chase Daniel. Um, When they already had Sam Bradford and had every intention of keeping Sam Bradford, at least for that year. And then they went ahead and traded up twice to to draft Carson Wentz. So it's not exactly the same because Sam Bradford wasn't, you know, a young quarterback like Jalen Hurts is. um, On the cap space situation. And the cap space situation as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, but there is sort of a parallel there. I'm torn on whether it means anything for whether... Uh, they'd take a quarterback at six overall. But anyway, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and we'll talk quickly about Jason Kelsey and Merrill Reese's thoughts on drafting a quarterback. Mac Jones appeared in a mock draft at six for the Eagles, <laughs> and then Brandon and I will also give our top six big board of uh, potential Eagles prospects. Well, Brandon? Jimmy,
1: why don't you tell me about Kristen Rhodes of Rich Realtors oh, before we yeah. get a break?
2: So... The as I mentioned on the last podcast, the real estate market is insanity right now. In that it is like the biggest seller's market that uh, Kristen has ever seen, and she's been in, you know she's been selling real estate for almost twenty years. Um, basically, what's Carson Wentz is selling his house. <laughs> yes, and Doug. But basically, Doug. what's 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 happening is people are putting their house on the market, and there's like immediate like bidding war uh, for pretty much any property. Um, I live in South Jersey, so that's primarily like where we're seeing this. Uh, but like there's just bidding wars, like crazy over any house that goes on the market. Like people selling their house are getting like 30, $40,000 over asking price. Um, like as soon as they put it on the market, like they're getting, people aren't even looking at the house before they put offers in. Like that's how crazy it is. And, um, it's just a weird time. So if you're looking to sell your house, like now's the time, do it now. If you're looking to buy a house, Eh, not as much, like because you're going to have trouble finding a place. You'd pay way more than uh, what that house is going to be worth, so I'd probably hold off. But if you are looking to sell your house, uh, for sure, get in contact with Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, 856-906-9295. Again, 856-906-9295. Brandon?
1: We will be back after this. Back here on BGN Radio, episode one seventy one, Jimmy. Let's get into some Meryl Reese talk. He tweeted out recently that let me find the exact wording here. That would be because that's that's important, and it's so interesting to me that Meryl tweeted these things out, Jimmy, because it just it's like some of this stuff doesn't even feel like what I would just expect from a Meryl Reese tweet, um, because it's like so specific, like. Uh, as a, this is taking forever to load here, but basically what Merrill Reese said is that he doesn't see the Eagles drafting a quarterback. He thinks that they are develop, going to. Said,
2: I think he said develop Jalen Hurts and and sign uh,
1: and sign a veteran backup. Yes, and last week he had tweeted something about like Jalen Hurts. The criticisms of his arm strength aren't valid because he's like <laughs> he's citing like throwing.
2: Like, where's, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like, where's Meryl Reese? I mean, I know this data's out there. I'm not saying it's impossible to gain. But, like, I just didn't expect, like, Meryl Reese to be, like, looking up those numbers and being, like, you know, let me sort through uh, here. These, these. So I, I just think that's so interesting. My theory on it, Jimmy, is that if Jalen Hurts was truly an afterthought, which has been suggested, I think, by some people because they've, it's been the premise of, like, Jalen Hurts wasn't drafted to be a legitimate starter for the Eagles. He was drafted under the premise he was going to be a backup for Carson Wentz. And therefore, you know, to think the Eagles are really going to give this real shot for Jalen Hurts to start isn't legit. And I disagree with that. And I think especially looking at these Merrill Reese tweets, like if Jalen Hurts wasn't afterthought, uh, is he really like tweeting this out? Are the Eagles like really letting him go out on a limb like this? And uh, I know he, you know, he doesn't necessarily speak for the team, but I mean, he literally speaks about the team more prolifically than anyone else. So it's kind of interesting to me. I think he just
2: likes Jalen Hurts. <laughs> but the thing, the thing that he cited was that I just found it here on uh, Our Lads uh, has quarterback ball velocity at the NFL Combine from uh, 2008 to 2020. And who is it that he, he cited Hertz through fifty-four miles an hour?
1: And then Herbert was at fifty-five.
2: Herbert, okay, was at fifty-five. And he's I think he said Herbert has a cannon. Um if you if you look at the list and all oh, you gotta just Google our lads, O-U-R-L-A-D-S, and then you know, NFL Combine, radar gun, whatever, something like that. Let me just uh control F Clayton Thorson here. Clayton Thorson. <laughs> Clayton Thorson threw fifty-eight. Okay, Patrick Mahomes threw fifty-five. So,
3: like, <laughs> who would you rather have?
2: <laughs> also, I think we can probably safely say that Patrick Mahomes is a better throwing arm than as uh, a better as better arm strength than Clayton Thorson. Uh, I don't mean to goof on Merrill here, but like, it's this the combine radar gun. I feel like it's brought up every year, or at least anytime the Eagles have looked for quarterbacks, it gets brought up every year. Um, and I'm sure it does in like every other city, but it's not any, I would actually love to see the combine come up with some measure of arm strength because they don't think they really have one, but certainly the radar, I think they throw the ball like one time. I actually, I actually saw them do it one time in in Indianapolis and they throw it like one time. I don't even know if they know they're being radar gunned, like, or at least the, the time that I saw it. Um, but they, uh, it's, uh. It's it's a very funny list to go look at. Like some of the quarterbacks that did well and some of them that did not do well in, in the or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but yeah, it, yeah. let me just, I'll look him up real quick too.
1: He was All like right. in 45, 46.
2: Yeah, he probably didn't even always be in being. Yeah, 40, <laughs> 45. I'm pretty sure, like, I'm not like, I'm no athlete, but I'm pretty sure I can throw a football 45 miles an hour. Like it's really not that's that ball is not moving very fast, 45 miles an hour. So uh um, I think we
1: need to test that now.
2: Yeah, I'll do it. I'll I I will gladly throw a football. Uh see if okay. I can see if I can top out over 45 miles an hour. Um But anyway, uh we're getting a little off track here. Merrill doesn't think they're gonna they're gonna draft a quarterback. Um I don't know. It's uh I never really believe any kind of draft info to begin with. Uh it's about as um like draft info and like head coaching info is like, th- those are like very unreliable. <laughs> like draft info, especially because it like teams are like, there's a lot of agenda driven stuff there. So, um, I'm always wary of like where people are getting information like that. If it's coming from the team, uh, obviously the team has no interest in anyone knowing what they're actually going to do in the draft. But anyway, the moving on the, uh, We're deep into mock draft season. And I think for the most part, we've seen guys like uh, Jamar Chase, wide receiver from LSU, uh, Devontae Smith, wide receiver from Alabama, Penny Sewell, offensive tackle from Oregon, and then a bunch of quarterbacks like um, uh, I probably most, the the two most like, the two most common guys are Trey Lance uh, from North Dakota State and Justin Fields from Ohio State. But then like a new quarterback sort of cropped in this week. Who was it from uh, CBS that had him in there? Mac Jones. So somebody somebody mocked Mac Jones, (laughs) quarterback from Alabama uh, to the Eagles. Was that CBS that did that? Ryan Wilson. Does that sound right? It was to me. People would lose. People like that actually actually happened. People would like people get mad whenever you mock any quarterback to the Eagles. But for that guy, I think people would like lose their minds if that if something like that actually happened.
1: jimmy i can uh attest to that because i wrote an article about that article or that that premise basically i think mac jones is going to go higher than people expect in terms of like like i think there's a lot of i mean you look at daniel jeremiah's big board of top 50 players mac jones is like 34th i think a lot of people think jones like shouldn't be necessarily a first rounder i think Pretty, he's gonna be a first rounder. Also, I think he yeah, might you, go. Yeah, if a
2: guy like him has him ranked 34th, he's gonna go first round because quarterbacks, just generally speaking, get—I mean—and for good reason—they get way overdrafted.
1: I mean, but like Kyper has him eighth. Um, Kuyper has him
2: ranked eighth overall, or he had, he had him to like going
1: eighth in this latest mock draft. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, that makes more sense. Um, I'm looking up here, Jimmy. I am. Who's that, have Carolina? Terrible... Yeah, uh, but basically. There's a lot of other stuff interesting that's come out around Mac Jones. Maybe it's his agent, you know, doing a good job of making the hype machine. One thing that Kuiper though said is he kind of reminds him of Brady stylistically, and Tua Viloa also said he's like a more athletic Tom Brady. And I hate to say that I agree. But just looking at like – not in terms of obviously I don't think Mac Jones is going to be Tom Brady because that's an insane – no mm. one's going to be Tom Brady. Right. There's only Tom Brady. But like when you look at like how he kind of stands in the pocket and he kind of does like that pat in the football kind of – you know what I mean? Like he kind of just stands <laughs> yeah. there and he's like kind of like bobbing up and down. Like he, like he does do that. And I was like, okay, I kind of see what they're talking about with that. Um The thing about Mac Jones is that obviously I don't think he's the kind of – he's not going to be the sixth best player on the board. And that's why I don't want the Eagles to take him. But I do think, just because of maybe again, the Carson Wentz has me over the Carson Wentz experience has me overcorrecting on what to value in a quarterback. But the allure of accuracy, like, is really important to me. That can't just be glossed over like it was with Carson Wentz, and maybe even with Jalen Hurts, unless his accuracy improves again. I think Jalen Hurts has better touch, better accuracy than what he showed last year. But uh, between the accuracy. And, you know, coachability. I, I just think those are big things. Um, again, I just, I have a hard time believing because of he seems like a quarterback you're kind of winning with as opposed to, you know, he's really elevating the whole franchise around him and you're winning because of him. Uh, obviously doesn't have the same athletic tools that a lot of other players do. Uh, it's gonna be, I'm not gonna say, you know, the Eagles should do it. Uh, at six, I think the poll, by the way, was like 92. Maybe 96% of Eagles fans said no on BGN. 4% <laughs> right. said, like, yes, would you approve of the Eagles taking Mac Jones at 6? So, yeah, pretty clearly um, not a popular option there. I don't think it's insane, though. I don't, I don't think it's, with, like, out of the realm of possibility. If they came into the draft saying we're getting a quarterback no matter what, which I don't think they should do, but if they did and he's there, I don't know. What about you?
2: What is your uh, what What would be your top six big board?
1: Okay, so... Uh, Trevor Lawrence, one. What's we'll mm-hmm. your one? We'll, we'll do also, each. Also,
2: yeah, also Trevor Lawrence.
1: Okay, I have Zach Wilson at number two. Me too. I have this is Justin. We're gonna,
2: this, this is where we're going to go off. Okay, schedule. I have Justin Fields at number three. Uh, I also have Justin Fields at <laughs> number three. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't think you are going to have him number three.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I don't want to force quarterback, but because of his profile in terms of accuracy, everything that I've seen and read about him and – you know, you've, you've highlighted the concerns with processing speed, and that's been out there elsewhere. Um, Solak kind of downplayed that a little bit in his article this week. I thought that was interesting. You can check out the scouting report. So on...
2: my, my concern wasn't that exactly, like what Ben shot down. Okay. Like his, his thing was um, that he didn't get through his progressions and he didn't read defenses and stuff like that. My issue with him was uh, pre-snap processing, like okay. uh, inability to recognize um, when the defense is sending extra rushers. And then also, um, in addition to that, when he's in the pocket, he's very Carson Wentz-like in like in mm. that um, he'll just hang in because he's big. Like, he's a big guy, and especially compared to college players, like he can shake these guys off and still make a play, and he holds on to the ball too long. He got sacked like 50-something times uh, the last two years in you know, obviously a shortened season this year. like It was 22 starts or something like that, I think, uh, over the last two years, and he had over 50 sacks taken. Which is a wild number for um first of all, just a college quarterback in general, but especially one playing behind an, an elite offensive line at uh Ohio State and, I, and obviously, you know, good skill position players all over the place too. So that's a that would be my biggest concern as opposed to him like not being able to find receivers down the field.
1: To get, go back on Mac Jones, I, I forgot to add this um real quick. When you I think he's probably gonna be like a Kirk Cousins kind of player, who again, I've never been the biggest fan of, but I would not like if Mac Jones like went to Washington, for example, because I think they could win oh, games for with sure. that defense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like they could for win now. games with him. Um, and I, I was looking at some of the numbers that right you know. Pro- I, hopefully, because uh, I don't want to <laughs> see that happen. I was looking at some of the, like these metrics that um, PFF had put up, comparing Burrow, Joe Burrow, and uh, Mac Jones, and like Mac Jones like edges him out in a lot. Like it's or it, like the the profile there. Now, obviously, there's there's different context, and the athleticism is different. And uh, you know, Burrow's a better athlete. And Burrow all, made but some like
2: crazy throws that last year at LSU, like just off like, schedule, on the run, like j- like insane like accuracy on really high level difficult throws. Like Mac Jones isn't doing anything like that. But the, the but the point that like just especially like their completion percentage and all and like all the numbers and stuff and. Putting mm. the ball where it needs to be. He yeah, he matches Burrow in that in that regard.
1: Uh, so that's all I had on Jones. But so number four, so we had the same top three. going now, f- now
2: it's. I think we're gonna have exactly the same. Except you're not gonna have the same number six guy as me now. But go ahead. Jamar we can, Chase. Yeah, Jamar is Chase number is my fourth. <laughs> fourth.
1: <laughs> that's Daniel Jeremiah's number two overall prospect okay. in this class. Uh, then it's Devonta at number five. Oh, you have Devonta Smith. Yes. Okay,
2: I have Penny Sewell at number five. Hmm.
1: I would take it. And then I have – well, I want to touch on that real quick here. But then who do you have at six?
2: I have Trey Lance, number
1: six. Oh, God. I can't <laughs> do it, Jimmy. I can't. I, it's not even an anti-Trey. I just think – there's there, like number six is such a premium pick, and I just don't think they can spend it on a player who is like a total Lance unknown. Scares me. I scares I, I get like, it. He scares me. There's, there's just too much unknown. And I hate – I hate – the the hitch and everything i just no it, it <laughs> has nothing to do with north dakota state and has everything to do with just like there's there's too much here i just don't love uh, so i actually have Kyle Pitts at number 6 mm, okay and i want to have a Kyle Pitts conversational plenty of time to do that uh leading up to the draft who was your but, fifth guy oh uh, smith, smith. said yeah okay I think Smith is like Justin Jefferson in terms of just being like a dog, like just a guy that I absolutely am so willing to bet on just because like that guy is like, he just wants to win. Like he's just really, he he did an interview with the SB Nation NFL show. And like, it was like the worst interview maybe one of the worst I've ever heard. And just that like, he's giving like one word answers. So he just doesn't like, he just doesn't care. Like, he doesn't care about like <laughs> all the media and stuff. Like he just wants to play football. Like that's, that's really all he wants to do. Which
2: is weird. Um, I don't think he's like good. I don't think he'd be a good media guy. Cause he is like, he's got like a good personality. And mm-hmm. what was this? There was some kind of like super positive story about him. Like during the season, like, uh, oh, I, he gave like uh, on field tickets to one of his professors. The professor mm-hmm. just made of like – just like wasn't trying to get anything out of like mentioning this but said something to the effect of like, you know, I'd love to watch a game uh, from the sideline. And uh, Smith found Smith had the opportunity to, to make that happen for somebody and he thought of his professor saying that that one time. So he got, you know, the professor those tickets.
1: Yeah. It wasn't, you know, bad in terms of being like – Bad. It was just, like, boring. It was, like, one of the most boring yeah, interviews yeah, I've yeah. ever heard. But Because okay. I think he's just locked in. Like He just seems like that's Jalen a locked-in guy. a
2: super boring interview, too.
1: <laughs> yes, he is. Although, I think he kind of – he opened up a little bit more when okay. he became the starter towards the end. Of the, a little bit. Not as – it was different. It was better than after the draft right away, which is just terrible. Nick Foles was um,
2: terrible, too. Terrible oh, yeah. interview. Terrible. And, like, that's a guy that, like, didn't pay attention to social media. They didn't care what anyone said about him. Yeah. Just went about his day and went about his business. And – yeah so i i get that i i can I can get the appeal of of uh of a player like not like not being quote unquote
1: online on sewell i this is why I didn't have him on my board because I have enough faith in Jeff Stoutland, and I think the Eagles should have enough faith in Jeff Stoutland to do more with less. They shouldn't have to be sinking number six into an offensive tackle when you also have Andre Dillard on this roster, even though you know I don't believe in him, and then Jordan Mailata as well. Like that should be enough, man. You shouldn't also need to spend number six on a left tackle in addition to all that. If you if Jeff Stoutland is truly like worth his weight in gold, then he should be able to kind of get more out of less. And like this is all about. Like asset maximization to me, I know people like Sewell as a prospect, but I would I, part of it too honestly is just the the lack of juice that is like that's so boring like we sat <laughs> yeah. through a terrible season to go uh with the Eagles go for 11 and 1 last year get the number 6 overall pick and then we're taking a left tackle when we already have Milata so that kind of shoots the idea down of him ever being a starter great like one of the very few young exciting players on this team he's out of the mix and then you're also admitting failure which might have to be done eventually um so I'm not saying don't do it because of this but it also just in terms of ha- the vibe of how it feel it feel terrible it's like all right well we're also waving the white flag on the first round pick we traded up for in 2019
2: it's kind of like the Giants last year. Was it last? Year? Yeah, last year they had the fourth overall pick, and there were actually like a bunch of good offensive tackles available. And they had their pick of the litter of them, and they took the wrong one, which is <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a very like unsatisfying pick that they made uh, to their fan base, even when they made it. But then of course after the fact, uh, it turned out to be even worse. But I would say the argument for Penny Sewell is. Uh, I don't know that we are certain. First of all, I'm with you. Like, I don't believe at all in Andre Dillard. I do believe Mm -hmm. somewhat in Jordan Matthews. Or excuse me, Jordan Matthews. Jordan Um, But Is that Elliot Shore
1: parks But there
2: (laughs) there are two drawbacks with him. And the first is that his contract is up after this year. So you're going to have to dump a lot of money into him. And the other thing is... um, he, he had two seasons ended by back injuries and mm-hmm. for a guy that's you know two you know 300 340 plus pounds back injuries not ideal so um if you did draft a guy like Sewell he's your left tackle Lane Johnson's your right tackle you have you know two potential like star tackles uh you know manning the edges and then Jordan Mailata is like probably the you know if probably the best swing tackle in the NFL in that he has played both left tackle and right tackle, can play either side. And then, you know, you probably lose him in free agency the following year. But um, I guess, in my opinion, that's sort of a small price to pay if uh, Sewell winds up having like, a really good year and you think he can be, you know, your blindside protector for the next decade plus.
1: So, but you get what I'm saying, right? In terms I get of Dalton, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I- I have so much more faith they could take a tackle in literally, like, any other round and develop that guy into a starter than I can a receiver. There's, they're not going to take a receiver. I, I have no faith in this organization to take a receiver anywhere else than other than six and them turning out to be even, like, good. They don't deserve any benefit <laughs> right. of the doubt or faith in right. that. Like So that's what I'm I'm looking at. it. Like, that's the position where they're not going to find that hidden gem of a talent, and I think they could, at least in theory, do a tackle.
2: All right, one last thing before we move past uh, the segment. Um, we talked a little bit about this last time where Howard Eskin mentioned that Jason Kelsey is thinking about coming back. That wasn't much of a report. Les Bowen uh, just today, again, we're recording on Thursday, uh, said that he thinks that uh, Jason Kelsey will be back playing for the Eagles once again in 2021. Um, we already covered this last week, but again, just to reiterate, Why would you do this to yourself, Jason Kelsey? Like, why would you put your body through another horrible, uh, well, potentially horrible season in 2021 when, uh, you know, you could just not? Uh, I think there's a, I I still think there remains a decent likelihood, not likelihood, decent chance that uh, he eventually gets dealt uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs where, you know, as we noted previously, Andy reconnection, uh travis kelsey connection they don't have a center and oh by the way they're gonna be super bowl contenders in 2021 again so it all kind of fits
1: yeah not so just i already laid out a lot of this on last week's episode but another angle that i didn't mention is like i also kind of want to see what the plan is at center like isn't this a good year to do that in terms of you're not gonna be Mm -hmm. like all in you're competing and don't you want to see like maybe if isaac sumalo can handle being the starting center or if it's her big or whoever, because if they can't, then that would be some good information to know yeah. when you're actually really trying to win. So I think there's value in learning, you know, what the backup plan should be. And then if Samalo is, then great. That's your solution. I think he's up for a new contract after this year, potentially. Um, you know, so you can resign him and then he's your, he's your, they could actually lower his cap hit this year if they even wanted to resign him to an extension sooner. But the, be- the benefit um, to the
2: Eagles of keeping Kelsey though is that you, he keeps that line together and you put sure. You, you're putting your either Jalen Hurts or quarterback at six in the best position to succeed behind, you know, a 10 year veteran center.
1: Yes. And I, there's value in that. I, and I, I think I brought that up last week saying like, if you're going to keep veterans at some spot, offensive line is a totally fine place to do that. Except obviously not Jason Peters who spoke today. <laughs> right. uh, I don't think he's coming back. Um, Jimmy, I want to take a break here, but before we do, Righteous and Craft Jerky, I talked about at the top of the show. I talk about it at the top and end and middle of every show, as I should, because it's such a good product that I believe in. Jimmy knows that I love food. Everyone about me knows that I love food way too much. Jimmy, when I go on vacations with my friends, uh, mostly every summer, they trust me implicitly with, like, the food stuff. Oh, do they? Like my, okay. Yeah, like, my one friend, like, kind of does, like, the planning in terms of, like, accommodations, hotel and everything. My other friend kind of comes up with, like, the fun ideas of what to do. Like, you know, going to see a show or a museum. Like, that kind of aspect of it. And when it comes to food, it's just, like, Brandon is going to steer us in the right direction. Like, he knows what he's talking about. So, these
2: are car trips
1: then? Yeah. Uh, well, no, they're usually, okay. well, usually it's a flight. It can well, sometimes, yes, it's, it's been different. Give me some we examples of things. where you've gone. Uh, so we've gone like a West coast tour, did like, uh, Victoria, Canada, uh, Seattle, Portland, all in a matter okay. of like eight days or so gone to Chicago for a couple of days. Um, did Philly, uh, LBI. Uh, we, what else have we done? We've been all over. So, uh point being like though that they trust me with food. Like I'm they're like they, they don't have any they're like Brandon's gonna get us to the right place, he's gonna get us somewhere oh, so good. So you'll research it's be... where to go. Yeah. So yeah, I okay. I I'm an authority on food, Jimmy, okay. basically is what I'm trying to say. Like I wasn't, like, i your would not...
2: one, wasn't your number one Thanksgiving pick
1: pizza. Jimmy, I'm an authority on food. <laughs> yes, and that was a correct take. So you can trust my opinion. And and I'm building myself as an authority here when I tell you that righteous felon. Craft Jerky is a high-quality product that is a local business that you should help support because that's always a good thing to do. And it helps support BGN Radio, the podcast here. Helps us keep the light on. Le- keeps us I totally butchered that. It helps us keep the lights on. There we go. You nailed it that time. Go to RightToSelling.com. Research it for yourself if you don't believe me. Place an order. Use discount code BGN15 at checkout for 15% off. Try it. You'll like it. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. Jimmy. Back after this.
3: Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world
1: Back here on BGN Radio, episode one hundred and seventy-one, for our final segment, which doesn't have to do about the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, so, we, we're
2: done. We're done talking about the Eagles. We covered everything already.
1: There is really nothing else to say about the Eagles. So, if you don't want to listen, then please keep your podcast on anyway because that's a good idea. And uh, you should care about the Sixers, Sixers even if you are not. Even if you are not. <laughs> A sixers fan because i know everyone who is an eagles fan isn't necessarily a sixers fan but look this is a big culturally relevant thing in the city of philly where a lot of Eagles fans reside and uh for as much as the eagles are hopeless in some ways and not exciting the sixers really are and i think the sixers serve as a good comparison or a good contrast really about again where like the eagles could be like if the eagles jimmy i was i was so done with the sixers in last, heading into last year's I, I didn't remember watch them this, in last I year's playoffs. I remember this playoffs. point
2: like months ago where, yeah, the, I, they, I couldn't. They fired, the, you know, yes. they, they, hired, they hired Darryl Morley. The, yes. Morley. Morley. I, I call him Morley like you every did that time. last
1: time too. Darryl, yeah.
2: Because there's an L at the end of his first name. I don't know. Uh, Daryl Morley, they hired yes. him. And the whole outlook on Sixers fandom like changed. Like there was yes. legitimate, like, excitement for the team and made some decent moves and mm-hmm. Joel M Embi- B Joel M B is having like it's clearly the MVP of the league right now. And, should be. And uh like that jazz game
1: was awesome. It was <laughs> like, awesome. But what a bunch of babies by the way. <laughs> they are the Minnesota Vikings, it's the crazy. New Orleans Saints. <laughs> just loser stuff just so if for people who don't know the context the Sixers were down most of the game against the Jazz on Wednesday night and I didn't have full faith in them to pull it off Jimmy, just because like they weren't first of all they weren't even taking threes which is a big problem with the team at large mm-hmm. but then they weren't making them I think they were like one for something at halftime like what are you doing like you need to make threes so Jazz and meanwhile the 13
2: Jazz more threes than them I think it was
1: Oh yeah, I think they were at like twenty-one threes or even twenty-three three. Like that's a lot of threes. They it was crazy how much and many threes uh, the Jazz were. Hit. So anyway, uh, the game game goes to overtime because Joel Embiid does hit it at like a, a, a ridiculous. He ran back to the line and hit. I wouldn't call
2: it a fadeaway, but he pump faked. It was and contested. Was it, was it Bogdanovich? He didn't I think so. It, it. Was, He didn't buy was the fake initially, and then uh, I mean he had hands in his face and he buried it.
1: And he's a big man, like he's a center. Like that is so <laughs> right, insane. Like he's right. not like a guard. Like it's so right. crazy just to to be able to do that. And he also he makes it look easy. Like 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 when you watch, it's just like pure shot. It's like it's not even like he's excited or surprised by it. It's like yeah, you know whatever. I made the shot. Uh, I love Embiid, man. Uh, he he absolutely is the MVP. Um, uh, and, and I on this because of how the, how good the Sixers look with him, Jimmy, and because he's having this season, like they need to go all in. Like you you talk about. A team like that, we talk about the Eagles can talk about all they want about how they went all in and stuff, and this is why they're in this situation now, which I don't fully believe. But again, to contrast contrast it or compare whatever here, like the Sixers, I feel like they have to go all in. I don't know exactly what that means in terms of, I don't know if they can realistically acquire Kyle Lowry at the deadline, um, just because there's like salary considerations there. You have to match in the NBA, and it might not be super easy, but. I mean, they have to do something. Like, they have to get aggressive at the deadline, and because like there's there's a window here. Like, how do you not watch that team last night that played and be like, yeah, they have a chance to win a championship because Joel Embiid is like the best player in the NBA. Where do they finish? In the East or Uh, the whole season? Like, where 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 does where does their season end? To me, they're going to win the title this year. Okay. I I mean, they have the best player in the league. Do you
2: really believe that?
1: I. Because of how well Embiid is playing, why not? If you have the best player in the league, like, and I think, too, you know, I've never been the biggest Simmons guy, but he's been playing better recently. Because and I he's feel been like a lot you are
2: more. pretty – I feel like even – I know you're, like, very realistic about the Eagles' chances of competing. <laughs> too uh, realistic, some would say. Are you, like, traditionally – I feel like you're also pretty um, negative on, on the Sixers more often than not. So, like, for you to say that they're, they're going to win it all, uh, they've really made you believers. They've really made this, a believer out of you.
1: This team has just, like, a different vibe to them. They really do. Um, I've watched the, the same Sixers team over and over for years. Like, last night's game would be a, a loss. They lose that game. There's so many, There's been so many games Doc this Rivers year. Doc Rivers is an upgrade is,
2: over Brett Brown.
1: I, I think so, yes. I think coaching only goes so far in the NBA, but yes um, – there's so many games the Sixers won this year, Jimmy, that were like, in any other year, the Sixers lose that game. Like, you can just see it. But they won this time around. And I think, in part, because Embiid is like taking it to that next level. And then again, to Simmons' credit, I think the, he, I mean, he had, he had a bad start to the season. There's no way around that. But with how he's gotten more aggressive lately, that makes up for the not shooting thing. I mean, the, the, the not shooting thing is always going to drive me insane. But if he's going to be at least really more aggressive and make an effort to, uh, get to the line, whatnot. That at least you know helps out somewhat with mitigate that. So, uh, who do they play in the? I finals? think they have the upside. What's that? Who do they play in the finals? Lakers. It's yeah. going to be Embiid versus LeBron. I I forget when they. I I don't know the NBA schedule well enough to know like when they hand out MVP and everything. But I mean, I was looking at LeBron's numbers today. By the way, like. There's no way he should be winning MVP over MB. Like, look, they're not even like the best. They're not even close to like the best LeBron numbers of his career. And like, really, and they're also not even the best team in the West. I know, um, the West is tougher. And also, like, Jokic too. He gets a lot of MVP uh, talk. The, the Nuggets are seventh in the West. I know. Again, I know it's a tougher conference, but like, the MVP is on the seventh best team. No, like that's right. no, that's not. That's not how it works. They're twenty and fifteen. It's Embiid, Jimmy. It's Embiid. It's all about Joel Embiid. The the perfect word to describe Joel Embiid, and I think Mike Levin used this on the Right Sturkey Sanchez podcast, uh, is inevitable. I don't know if you've seen the Marvel movies, Jimmy. I don't think you have, but there's a character named Thanos in them. He's like the 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 big bad, he's the villain. And his line is like, I am inevitable. And that's Joel Embiid. He's like inevitable. Like it's just he's so awesome. And he Joel Embiid is just like. He's not even, like, a real player in terms of, like, how fun he is and the personality. Like, the way he, like, teed up yes. Donovan Mitchell. Like, <laughs> who does that? Like, so many star players are just good, but they don't, like, you know, they're kind of boring right. or whatever. They don't have, like, a personality. Like, Joel Embiid has – he just has when he, everything. When like, he
2: was tapping Donovan Mitchell, when like, so after Mitchell did get teed up and – The got second ejected, time? Yeah, and he got ejected. Yeah. And Embiid was going up to him and, like, tapping him, like, as he was leaving the floor. Was he, was he being a was he being a dick there or is like I don't he, think was so. that actually good sportsmanship?
1: I think it was I think he was like hey, like hey man good game like because he knew okay. he was not going to see him after the game because okay. he, he was I think he was being genuine there and being okay. like you know good game I think I don't think he was being a jerk there right
2: because Mitchell didn't turn around and like go back at him or anything
1: yeah yeah no I think that was I think that was okay. you know. <laughs> I like that about Embiid too. Like he's not like he talks trash, but he he does. There's like a respect thing too. Like he's yeah. pretty respectful. I think I think the way. Well, what's the way he phrased it recently? It was like this quote this week. He was like he wants to like respectfully dominate everyone. I think he said that <laughs> something about like his matchup with uh, Miles Turner on the Pacers. He was like he's like yeah, you know, uh that's a matchup like I feel good about basically. Uh, <laughs> He was trying not to uh to crap on the guy too much while actually doing that. So he's he's just a treasure man. He's he's great. He brings no one brings me more joy. Like professional athlete, I just he's he's so entertaining, on and off the court. I love him. Um, he he really like if they, he doesn't get the MVP this year, it's a, it's a travesty. He is he he is like the who are the Sixers without Joel Embiid? Like he, by definition, he is the most valuable player.
2: There was a uh, I remember like the uh, the dream team. The, the non Eagles version dream team, the actual dream team, mm-hmm. Olympic uh, basketball team. Uh, their first round opponent was, I, I don't remember the country. I believe it was a country in Africa. And, you know, they are interviewing all the dream team players about, you know, this country, uh, this country's team. And Jordan goes on and he's saying like whatever nice thing he can think of. And then, like <laughs> I don't know, Clyde Drexler or somebody—they they, Malone they try to say nice things, and Charles Barkley goes on. And he's like, "They're in trouble." <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, "He's like, basically we're going to kick their asses." <laughs> I got to
1: find out that country now. So, what about you, Jimmy? You didn't give me your Sixers prediction.
2: Uh, I do think they're going to go to the finals. I think they lose to who? To the Lakers.
1: Ah, oh, again. Oh, yeah, Ang- it
2: was Angola. By the way, they played. They played Angola.
1: Angola, you don't stand a chance. Yeah, against Charles Barkley. Did, in and, fact, and if you if him.
2: you if you type Angola, it'll automatically it'll it'll auto populate Angola Charles Barkley. <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> Where is Angola? Yeah, okay. So Angola is in the southern part of Africa, next to Zambia.
1: Okay, the so way, there you go. The, the ah. way in, so good geography lesson here. The way Embiid put it, I want to pull up the exact quote, uh, that's a matchup I've dominated is what he said about his matchup with Miles Turner. Uh, and he also used the word respect. I, I say this respectfully, but that's a matchup I've dominated since I've gotten into this league. <laughs> I, I just love that. I love that so much. All it's right. not respectful at all. <laughs> Any final thoughts, Jimmy? I have none.
2: Uh Aside from, uh, no, I got none. Um, Hopefully, we'll have more to talk about next week as we, I guess, today is the fourth. The new league year begins on the 17th, which is also St. Patrick's Day. Um, Of course, that's not the real start of free agency. The real start of free agency is the start of the legal tampering phase. Is that? That's two days, right? Not three
1: um the 15th right
2: yeah so i think i believe it's two days of legal tampering so that'll be like the real start of free agencies will be march 15th that's a monday that's a monday that's good all right that works for me good uh all right cool so yeah we'll have a lot to talk about we'll we'll do more of like a an all-encompassing free agency profile uh even though the eagles aren't going to be super active (laughs) this year but we'll we'll do that next
1: week uh how about you any final thoughts uh jimmy I want you to download the Locker Room app at some point. You have an iPhone. I think I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you do. I know you do. I do, yes. Um, So download that app because Seamus and I have been having some fun conversations on there with BDN listeners. Uh, Basically, if you don't know Jimmy and for listeners who don't know, it's like an interactive app where it's like a chat room, like a a vocal chat room. There also is a text element if you don't want to speak, but like... So the way I started out is like Seamus and I are both kind of talking a little bit, but then people who join in can request to speak okay. and then we bring them up on stage and we talk with them. I actually posted audio or, or I didn't do it, but uh, Michael his posted audio of our call. And that's the, that's the other cool thing. Like once it's done, I can take that, the audio, they, they send the audio file to me so that we can put that in a podcast and we put it up on the bleeding your nation podcast feed. So. It's fun because it gets people involved in the conversation, like people who are listening to the show right now and who are on the comments of bleedingyournation.com. You can actually, like, be part of the show. It's almost like, you know, sports radio. It's like their version of calling in. So uh, I think it's cool. And check it out. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, it's only for iPhone right now. I think we're, we're hoping like they're going to get Android involved and everything. But uh, so go download that. And then hopefully we can get Jimmy on there and we'll do a chat there sometime. Maybe do a BGN radio episode like that one week. Um, check out Right to Sell and Craft Jerky, of course, by going to Right to Sell and.com using discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Check out BleedingGreenNation.com to see my work. Check out VillyVoice.com. Check out Jimmy. I'm on Twitter at Brandon Galton. Jimmy Kempsky is on Twitter at Jimmy Kempsky. BGN Radio is on Twitter, at BGN underscore radio. We have some BGN Radio news coming down the pipeline in the future, so stay tuned for that. And until then, goodbye, everybody.
3: B G N.
0: Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees. Supercharging productivity for your developers. Providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people.
3: Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets.